Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. It's Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. We've reached a new milestone today. We are officially on episode 80. We're only 20 episodes away from my 100th podcast of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. And that's not important. I want to start off the show because of the show that I did yesterday. And I always feel uncomfortable talking about these type of topics when it's race related. Because there's been a lot of great broadcasts that have lost their jobs and they never had a racist bone in their body because you have to watch out for everything you say. If I was on the radio, if I was on terrestrial radio and I was a host, I was actually the host of my own show on broadcast radio, I would have a very hard time hitting or even coming close to one of these topics. Because when you are on broadcast radio and you have to deal with sponsors, and you work with a big company, it's like walking through a minefield. And at any second, you could have your leg blown off just by misusing one word or giving your true opinion on something. You could get fired at any minute. And that's the difference between TV news broadcasters and radio hosts. TV news people, they're reading off of the teleprompter. They are reading what they have to say. Radio people, they're flying by the seat of their pants. They're just randomly throwing out thoughts and opinions, and they're not reading off of a teleprompter. Everything they say is their opinion. It is on them. So when a radio person says something dumb or stupid, there's nobody else to blame because it's just the radio host. Now, these TV news people, they're reading off the teleprompters. So they actually have a little bit of a safety net. But not us in radio. And that's why I say it's like walking through a landmine field. We could get fired at any minute just for saying the wrong thing or maybe giving our real opinion on stuff. That's how bad it is. Yes, we have freedom of speech in this country, but not really. Not anymore with these advertisers canceling contracts with broadcast companies because one of their personalities said something wrong that people didn't agree with. That's the culture we're living in right now. I'm not trying to make it about me, but I went back and listened to the show that I did yesterday. I don't really think that I said anything wrong, but I don't think I gave the story the justice that it deserved. And I did a lot of show prep. I did not sleep much last night. And I don't want you to feel bad for me. And I don't want you to think like I want your sympathy. I want to be better as a broadcaster. It's hard for me to be able to pit myself in the shoes of an African-American growing up in the United States. I've never dealt with the issues that they have to deal with on a daily basis. And I wanted to better understand things. And I'm not trying to piss anybody off with this statement that I'm about to make. I might lose some subscribers, but I really don't care. I know me having these views are going to piss off some of my listeners. It's going to happen. And it's a sad, sad thing to say because most of the demographic, the main demographic that listen to talk radio, especially the type of radio that I've done, are white men 25 to 54. 
And I'm not calling that demographic racist. I hope, I pray for the betterment of this country that most of them are not racist and don't have those racist views. But I'm sure me trying to sympathize and see both sides of the story, I'm going to be called a traitor to my race. I know that I will. I will get those emails. I'll get those tweets or those messages on Facebook because that's the mentality that people have right now in America. And I think the divide that we have in this country is getting greater and greater. It's getting wider and wider. You would think as time progresses that race relations would get better, but it has not. And I'm not trying to blame our president right now, but he's not helping. He really, really isn't. He's not. But like I've said before, I don't trust any politician. We would be in this situation no matter what, whoever was in control, whoever was our commander in chief, we would be in this situation right now because these politicians, they really do not care about us at all. But back to what I was saying is that I listened to the show that I did yesterday. I don't think I said anything wrong, but I don't think I gave the story the justice that it deserves. And I thought I did a lot of show prep just trying to see both sides of the story. I do believe that there are a lot of racist people here in this country, that there is racism. But the way I look at it, I think it is a classism. And I don't even know if that's a word classism. I don't think it's black versus white, white versus any minority. I think it's the rich versus the poor right now. And I think the sooner that the American people can realize that and look at that for what it is, it is not even just the poor people. It's the middle class, the hardworking blue collar people and the poor people versus the rich people. And I don't want you to think I hate people because they're rich. They obviously worked hard to get where they are today. But I have this theory, the people that are rich, the ones that are the billionaires, they had to fuck somebody over at some point to get where they are. And that's why things do not change here in this country, because the rich take care of the rich. The same thing goes for the politician. I've talked about this. They don't work for us anymore. They work for the lobbyists that give them money. And do you think any politician is going to come in to D.C. and want to make a change? Hell no. That's not not going to happen because the other rich asshole politicians that are in power, they're not going to let some new guy come in and fuck up their cash cow. That's not happening. The rich take care of the rich. The politicians take care of the politicians as well as the lobbyists. And that's why we're in this whole mess that we're in today. And it sucks in today's culture, in today's society that I got to back up everything that I say because I know a lot of you guys that listen to this podcast or even a newbie that may have just found it somehow, they're going to try to label me as anti-American. And I'm not. I am proud to be an American. I still think we live in the greatest country in the world. But as an American, one of the most American things that you can do is want change, to voice your opinion, to make things better. And like I said, racism does exist. But I think this whole thing can be solved when white, black, and every minority can join together and see each other as a class. Because right now in America, it is the rich versus the middle class and poor. And that's how I see it. 
And the sooner that we can get rid of this whole black versus white, white versus minorities, the better we will be when we realize that it's not about race. It's about the rich versus the poor. And if the lower class, the working class, the blue collar people unite, we're more powerful. We can get more shit done if we are one, if we join forces to make changes in this country. And just think about this, guys. If all the lower class, the poor people, the people that are on government assistance or even the blue collar guy that busts his ass every single day has never been on unemployment, but lives paycheck to paycheck with no insurance at all. If we banded together black, white, Mexican, Asian, whatever it may be. I shouldn't even be bringing up the different races in this country because I think we are all together. We're one. And I'm not taking anything away. I do agree that blacks, African Americans get treated differently than whites. But think of what we could accomplish if we joined forces and worked together. And I got to be careful the way that I talk about things because if I go too far, people are going to be like, Tuttle is trying to get a revolution started to upthrow the government. And that's not what I'm trying to say. We don't have to use violence to get things done. Think if we all went out and voted, the lower class, the working class, if we all voted and joined together to make a change, it may not help because most of these politicians that are running for office, they make these promises every four years just to get our vote. And do they follow through with those promises? No. All these politicians do is pander to the class that they want their votes. That's how it works. It works like that every four years. And you know what? We're suckers. We're fuckboys. We just bend over and take it. And I think we've become so complacent that we forgot that the politicians work for us and not the other way around. And we need a wake up call. And I think this tragedy with George Floyd, him being murdered by this police officer is going to be a wake up call. Yeah, it sucks that he died. But we shouldn't let his death end in vain. And this is just another case of me having to cover my ass because some people are going to listen to this and think that I'm inciting violence. No, what's going on in Minnesota and around our country with the rioting, the looting, the vandalism, the violence? No, I am 100% against that. What good does that do, people? You are tearing up your own community. And when I say you people, don't think I'm talking about the African Americans because there have been white people out there doing the same exact thing, out there destroying stuff, hurting people, looting, vandalizing stuff. Everybody is out there doing it. You guys are tearing up your own community. And what sense does that make? You're only giving the people in power the fuel the reason to incite violence against you guys, you're not helping. You're just proving their point. The rich, the powerful, they're going to use all of this stuff that people are doing when it comes to this riot against us. You're giving them a reason, justification for them to be able to kill us because they can say, we're just defending ourselves. We're defending our property. We're defending our liberty. And because you guys are protesting, protesting is one thing. Later on in this show, I'm going to play some audio from Martin Luther King Jr. And some of the words that he has to say is profounding. 
and it still holds true today. Martin Luther King did not believe in violence. He did not think that's the way you get things done. Because if you're violent and you start tearing shit up, destroying your own community, you're only giving the people in power a reason to kill you. We need to wake up and learn that it's not black versus white. It's the working class and the poor versus the rich and the politicians. Because they want to keep us down. Because they want to stay rich. The politicians want to stay in power. Until we wake up and make a change. A lot of us, we talk a big game. We do. We say we're going to get out there and vote. But do we ever really do it? We really don't. I know a lot of you guys are probably going to think Tuttle is crazy. Tuttle has lost his mind. But that's my view and my opinion. The more and more I look at it, it is a class issue. The rich stay rich because they want to keep the poor down. And that's how it's always been in this country, even from the beginning. And I've been on Twitter a lot, Facebook as well, reading everybody's comments. And there's a lot of people out there using the defense that, well, what about all the white people? during the Boston Tea Party that were trying to upthrow the government when we were under British rule. We're living in different times, people. Back then, they did not have a voice to be able to get out their opinions on things, to make changes in society. Now, because of technology, social media, everybody having a camera phone, these people in power can't get away with the things like they used to do. Why do you think our president is so furious right now and is at war with Twitter? Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, he's mad because he's getting censored. But let's be honest, the average everyday American citizen has been dealing with these rules that Twitter has put in place forever. And and he thinks just because he is the leader of the free world that he should be treated differently? Hell no. We've all been held to the same standards and guidelines that Twitter has put in place. I'm the biggest supporter of the First Amendment, but this is a private company. Do I think rules need to be changed? Yes, I do. I really do because I'm putting social media like Facebook and Twitter on the same level as the news media. And they're regulated just like radio is. But our president thinks he's better than us and he shouldn't have to play by the same rules as we do. He's not any better than us because he works for us not the other way around. We have a voice now. Just because we're not a part of the media, every single American citizen has a voice now with social media. You can make changes that way. We don't have to incite violence. We don't need to wreck shit. We don't need to hurt people. We don't need to do that in this day and age. So don't use that defense that the people during the Boston Tea Party that up through British rule and compare that to what we're going through right now, because you don't need to be violent to make a point. Back to what I said, all of that is going to be used against you. The people in power, they're going to be like, listen, we can't trust these people to behave like civilized people. But they don't realize that we're fed up with eating shit on a daily basis. But the only way we're going to make a change is to prove to them that we're better people because we are better people. And I told you, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night because I felt the show that I did yesterday, I kind of failed my audience because I was not able to portray what's really going on in our country. 
And I think that's the job of a broadcaster. That's what you strive for as a broadcaster. I read many, many stories. I watched many, many videos. And this one video in particular that I found kind of just pits everything into perspective of what's going on in our country. What kind of country are we living in when an African-American father is having to teach his son how to deal with a situation like George Floyd went through? This video I'm about to play for you, it's really heartbreaking to hear it. And I'm going to play the audio, but I'm going to describe everything that's going on in it. But here in America, we should not be in this situation where an African-American father has to teach his teenage son how to deal with an encounter with a bad police officer. And I'm not saying all police officers, all law enforcement is bad because they're not. But it sucks that this father has to do this. When you right when they got you, if he got you like this, then you just relax your body. Now, like I said, I'm going to post this on my social media so you guys can see it. But I just want to set the scene for you. Okay. This black father looks like maybe in his 40s, late 40s. He's got his teenage son in the driveway laying face down on the ground, just like George Floyd was when the cop had his knee on the back of his neck. Now, this father doesn't have all that pressure applied to the back of the neck, but he's trying to teach his son how to react, how to keep himself alive if this is ever happening to him. And I just, it's so sad. I know this is a simple video of a father trying to teach his son to deal with this if he's ever in this situation that George Floyd was. It is sad that a black father is having to teach his black son what to do if he's ever in this situation. Breathe in deep, right? Not hard. I mean, you really kind of shallow, right? Because you want to stay alive, son. You want to stay alive, right? Think about this, guys. This father is trying to teach his son how to survive if a police officer or law enforcement has him in this situation. Now, I'm not calling all cops bad. See, this is the other thing. This is why these type of topics drive me insane. That I gotta cover my own fucking ass just to appease everybody. I really do. I'm not calling all cops bad. I'm not. I'm really, really not. I've done so many charity events to help out bawling officers that have been killed in the line of duty so their spouses and their children would have money in the time being. So don't come at me and call me a cop hater because I'm not. I'm the type of person that likes to see both sides of the story. But you're a goddamn liar if you can't admit that this is a sad fucking video. It is. And it hurts me because I will never be able to be in that situation. I can't sympathize and pit myself in this father's shoes that he has to teach his son how to survive a confrontation with law enforcement. This video enough should just be the biggest statement to show you that we need change in this country. And you say, hey, I can't breathe just because somebody got a camera looking and you just breathe, relax, let your body go limp. All right. I need you to stay alive. Listen, I'm not a father. I'm 40 years old and most likely will never be a father. I can only imagine that love that a father has for his son is one of the most powerful and heartwarming things in this world. And that statement alone 
that that black father said, I need you to stay alive, son. I need you to stay alive. It is 2020. We live in the greatest country in the world. I know that I critique and criticize our government all the time, but that's what Americans do. Those are the freedoms that we've been given to be able to voice our opinions because things can always be better. So what you hear with me, I don't want you to label me as anti-American because I'm not. I'm not anti-American. I'm not anti-white. I'm not anti-cop. I'm not anti-anything. I just want everything to be good for every American citizen. This is what I taught my son this morning, America. What did you teach yours? Now, I know that I just played this audio, but I wanted to play it from beginning to end uninterrupted. But it kind of wraps up everything we're going through with right now at this moment in our country. When you right when they got you, if it got you like this, then you just relax your body. Breathe in deep, right? Not hard. I mean, mm -hmm. you really kind of shallow, right? Because you want to stay alive, son. You want to stay alive, right? And you say, hey, I can't breathe. Just get somebody got a camera looking. And you just breathe, relax, let your body go limp, all right? I need you to stay alive, okay? Uh, this is what I taught my son this morning. America, what did you teach yours? Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com. Or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. You big man, can I please borrow a piece of puss? You know, this public unrest could not have come at a worse time, especially with this pandemic that we're dealing with, because I don't think a lot of these people that are out rioting and protesting are even the least bit concerned about COVID-19. We're dealing with this pandemic. We've been locked up in isolation for so long. I think that's one of the reasons that people are out. They're pissed. They're looking for a reason to get out of their house and do something. You know, regularly, I know a lot of law enforcement had not been enforcing the stay at home orders. But now with everybody being out, people see that that mob mentality, they're all going out. And I would not be shocked that you're going to see an explosion of infected COVID-19 patients in these cities. Not just Minnesota, because these protests are happening all over the United States right now. Every big city you can think of, even some of the smaller southern states. So what I'm saying is this is like a powder keg of everything going on right now. And I'm just interested, maybe 40, 60, even 100 years from now, how are they going to write about the year 2020? Can it get any worse than what it is right now, what we've been through so far? I'm hoping that we're just dealing with the worst that 2020 has to offer, but I wouldn't be shocked if something else bad happened. Overnight, a chaos in the streets of Minneapolis. 
buildings and cars on fire, thick black smoke filling the sky as protesters demanding justice for George Floyd clash with police. Some demonstrators smashing windows of this police precinct, officers on the roof firing smoke and flashbang grenades. The crowd dispersed, but then returned and stormed the precinct, police evacuating as protesters set fire to the building. Listen, I don't want you guys to think that I'm calling these protesters dumb or idiotic, but what is in police station? Yes, they got jail cells, they got guns, but they have plenty of ammunition. And you guys are setting fire to a building full of ammunition and you guys are just standing out there watching the building burn down to the ground what do you think's gonna happen when that ammunition gets superheated from the fire that you guys started are the cops gonna get blamed for killing more minorities because they set fire to the building and that caused the ammunition that the cops use for their daily jobs and they catch a stray bullet is that gonna be on the cops tab who knows and listen i take both sides of the story i'm not one of those hard-headed guys that believes in his ways i like my opinion to be changed but it is kind of idiotic if you're gonna go out and riot vandalize and loot things use your brain people Use your brain. Many watching the building go up in flames as the city of Minneapolis warned of unconfirmed reports that gas lines of the 3rd Precinct have been cut and other explosives are in the building, pleading please retreat in the event the building explodes. The city's mayor declaring a state of emergency, Minnesota's governor activating the National Guard to try and maintain order, sending 500 soldiers to the area. This as clashes erupt across the country. <laughs> In Denver, one car drove into a crowd of protesters, knocking one person to the ground before the crowd chased after it. Look, you guys know that I support the First Amendment. I support people's right to protest. But if I'm driving my car in Denver and you hop on the hood like this guy did, I don't know if you saw this video of the woman that turned back around and ran this dude over. Luckily, he didn't get his like torso run over. I think it was just his leg. He wasn't hurt that bad because he was walking around after the lady drove off. But what do you expect's going to happen when you jump on somebody's hood? That's probably just trying to make it home after a long day's work and you're just riding on the hood now where this woman did mess up she got through the crowd and the guy fell off the hood of her uh suv it looked like a mercedes she came back for more she was like uh-uh i'm not letting you get away with this she came back and hit the dude luckily didn't run over and hurt him but he was able to get up then she drove away and you know and you know what she most likely is gonna be charged she will where she messed up is coming back for revenge i can't blame the lady that people were beating on my car and some dude was jumping on the hood of my suv hell yeah i'm gonna try to run that dude over but not the way that she did <laughs> in downtown manhattan also i know they've already moved on to manhattan but i thought everybody in denver would be chill as fuck hell you guys have legal marijuana recreational marijuana what do you guys have to be upset about yeah a dude got killed but i thought you guys would be so blazed out you wouldn't give a fuck but no 
Even the stoners in Denver are rioting. Police say dozens were arrested, one officer punched in the face, and another hit with a trash can. One person allegedly attempted to take an officer's gun from their holster. Now, if you've listened to me on the radio for any amount of time, you know with my mental problems, my OCD, I'm really fucked up. But I have this little urge this itch in the back of my brain. But for example, if I'm at like a fast food place, like a McDonald's or something like that, and I'm waiting in line and a cop is ahead of me ordering his food and his gun is on his hip, I have that urge. I have that urge that I want to reach out and pull his gun out of the holster. And I don't want you to think I'm going to do anything wrong with it. I'm not going to shoot anybody with it. I just want to pull that gun out of a cop's or any law enforcement's holster. I don't think I would ever do it. I wouldn't. I would not. But that's how crazy I am. That's how my brain works. And I've never done it. I've been behind many cops and I've had that opportunity, but I've never done it. And I don't think I ever will. But at least... I'm willing to admit that I've had that urge. When I see that gun in the cop's holster, I just want to reach for it. And that's why I'm crazy. That's why I spent time in a mental institution. And it's well-deserved. Protesters gathering around the country, a rally outside this police station in Los Angeles. In Phoenix, tensions rising as protesters and police come face to face. And in Columbus, Ohio, people storming the state house, smashing windows. The country on edge after federal and local authorities called for calm, but did not announce charges, saying they're working on the investigation as quickly as possible. The violence is sparked by this shocking video showing white police officer Derek Chauvin jamming his knee into Floyd's neck, pinning Floyd, who was handcuffed, down until he loses consciousness. You know, Florida cannot catch a break. It seems like every single crazy story that you read about, and you don't even have to look at where this story happened at, you automatically go to Florida. This happened up in Minnesota, and you're like, How could this story possibly relate to Florida? This cop, this cop that killed George Floyd has a house down in Windermere. Now, if you live in Orlando or around the surrounding areas or even central Florida, you know Windermere is a very, very rich area. It's where all the celebrities live. Ken Griffey, Tiger, Shaq, everybody has lived in the Windermere area. But there is those surrounding areas around Windermere. And this is where the cop lives at. I don't want you to think that this cop lived in the same area of those celebrities. No, 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 no. Hell no. I lived in Winter Garden for the longest time. And that's pretty fucking close to Windermere. So I could say I lived in Windermere. And I'm white trash. That's just how it goes. But Florida cannot catch a break. Chauvin and three other officers have been fired, and the mayor wants Chauvin arrested. A city now trying to pick up the pieces and find peace. I'm absolutely sorry for the pain, the devastation, and the trauma that Mr. Floyd's death has left on his family, his loved one, uh, our community here in Minneapolis and certainly across the country and the world. Now, I could be wrong. I, I'm not stating this as fact. What you're hearing, of course, it's audio and you cannot see who the person is that's talking. But as far as I know, that is the police chief of the city. 
and he is African-American? How do you think he is having to deal with this whole situation? He's got to be in a tough spot. He really, really does because the black community is most likely looking at him to do something about this. But he is also a police officer and he's looking at his other fellow police officers and they're like brothers. I've heard police officers talk and it is like a brotherhood. I just wanted to play that news story for you, kind of wrapping up everything that is going on up in Minnesota. And it's just not Minnesota where this is happening at. It's all over the country right now. And I think we have to be careful on how we handle this right now. Some of these tweets that our president is putting out, and I'm not attacking our president when he does something good. I give him credit for it. We don't need his tweets coming out, stirring up shit, because this is a powder keg. I've talked to my friend Derek about this many, many times. There's going to be something that's going to happen in this country that's going to bring on major changes. And it's not even going to be planned. It's going to be just something minor that happens, like George Floyd dying at the hands of a white cop, causing something to grow and grow. You know how we've been talking about this pandemic for a while and how it spreads. One person passes it off to two and that two turns into four. That four turns into eight. That eight turns into 16. And it just goes on and on and on. This could easily happen with this right now. And I know we've had these type of riots over police violence before, but we did not have social media like we have right now. Back during the Rodney King thing, yes, that was caught on video. Luckily, that was caught on video. But what do you think's going to happen now with the way people can communicate? The average everyday citizen, where the people that only have a voice is the media, the broadcasters. Now everybody has a voice. I could see this blowing up larger than anything we've ever seen before. And it's sad. It really, really is sad. Think about this. We've had a lot of people, most of the U.S. citizens dealing with the coronavirus right now. They've been worrying about their health thinking that the government has not been looking out for them. People are looking for a reason to revolt right now. And I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that our government on the local, state, and federal level needs to pay attention and be very, very careful with this situation and make sure it does not get out of control because I could see this becoming a problem. Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh, no, wait. It's the Tuttle Podcast Studio. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by PocketPairClub.com. With Pocket Pair Club, you can play in live poker games right on your mobile device. You can also play in tournaments, at cash tables, or just for fun. They have Texas Hold'em and Pot Limit Omaha. Pocket Pair Club doubles the first deposit bonus. There's a daily $1,000 free roll and a $50,000 nightly tournament. And it's all certified by Gaming Labs. Use referral ID 411-507. That's 411-507 when you visit PocketPairClub.com. Don't be suspicious. 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 
Welcome back, guys. I'm going to be wrapping things up. I know today's show was a little serious, but when news stories like this come about, I think that they need to be talked about. I like to keep my shows funny and lighthearted because there's a lot of people dealing with fucked up situations in their lives. People are dealing with this pandemic, this riot going on, all the shit that has happened in 2020. I wanted to close out today's show the best way that I could. A lot of these people on Twitter have been posting why is it because when African Americans or minorities protest, they call it riots? And I do agree. There is a double standard out there. But I've been seeing all these videos, all this video footage from all the 24-hour news media. And there's white people out there side by side with African Americans and all the minorities that are out there. So I'm not just singling out any race, but for the people that are destroying their cities that they live in, I only found it fitting to play this audio from maybe one of the greatest men that has ever lived. He did so much for the black community, for civil rights, and he did it non-violently. Dr. Martin Luther King preach nonviolent protests. And I think this speech that I'm about to play for you, which was on 60 Minutes, kind of sums everything up and it should make people think. I usually play audio and stop and start it, but I'm not going to do it with this. I'm going to let it ride out and I'm going to finish the show this way. So hope you guys enjoyed today's show. It sucks that I had to do this topic the whole show. I wish that I could do some fun radio, but what we've been dealing so far in the year 2020, I think it needed to be talked about. I hope you guys have a great day. Be smart and be safe. Now what I'm saying is this, I would like for all of us to believe in nonviolence, but I'm here to say tonight that if every Negro in the United States turns against nonviolence, I'm going to stand up as a lone voice and say this is the wrong way. I will never change in my basic idea that nonviolence is the most potent weapon available to the Negro in his struggle for freedom and justice. I think for the Negro to turn to violence would be both impractical and immoral. There is an increasingly vocal minority who disagree totally with your tactics, Dr. King. There's no doubt about that. I will agree that uh, there is a, a group in the Negro community advocating violence now. I happen to feel that this group represents a numerical minority. Surveys have revealed this. The vast majority of Negroes still feel that the best way to deal with the dilemma that we face in this country is uh, through nonviolent resistance. And uh, I don't think this vocal group will be able uh, to make a real dent in the Negro community in terms of swaying 22 million Negroes to this particular point of view. And I contend that the cry of black power is at bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. I think we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the economic plight 
of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. How many summers like this one do you imagine that we can expect? Well, I would say this, we don't have long. The mood of the Negro community now is one of urgency, one of saying that we aren't going to wait, that we've got to have our freedom. We've waited too long. So that uh, I would say that every summer we are going to have this kind of vigorous protest. My hope is that it will be nonviolent. I would hope that we can avoid riots because riots are self-defeating and socially destructive. I would hope that we can avoid riots, but that we will be as militant and as determined next summer and through the winter uh, as we have been this summer. And I think the answer about how long it will take will depend on the federal government, on the city halls of our various cities, and on white America to a large extent. This is where we are at this point, and I think white America will determine how long it will be and which way we go in the future. Thank you for checking out Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and share the show. Subscribe to Tuttle's YouTube page, youtube.com slash Tuttle. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. Follow Tuttle on all forms of social media at Tuttle, T-U-D-D-L-E. And email the show anytime, Tuttle at gmail.com. Additional imaging and bits provided by CCA Productions. Visit facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. This has been Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?